Hey there, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I am in India. I am in Bangalore, India. Bangalore. That's awesome. <laughs> How is it? <laughs> uh, that's funny. I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, it's really good. It's really good. You cut out there. Um, so, yeah, we're recording through through Skype via the Wi-Fi here, uh, India to the U.S. Hopefully we can pull this off. But it's, yeah, this it's is- really great definitely going to be interesting um awesome what's uh tell me a little bit about why you're out there uh i am here um for basically seven days doing a conference and workshop and uh it's just in the middle of the city center kind of panel of you know 10 different speakers across the first three days and then a full day workshop the last day and then i come home basically leaving monday morning or Sunday night, whichever way you want to view it. I have like a one thirty a.m. flight Monday wow. <laughs> to get to get home. So the time change is crazy it's here. It's brutal. Like, yeah, it, the half hour thing is what's really throwing me off. Like you can't just add hours and land <laughs> on where you have to remember to add half an hour or remove it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's just really really tough. So right now, let's see where it's eight. 40 p.m. my time and 11 o'clock your time is yep, that right? 11 10 a.m. my time yeah yeah yep so it's been a, it's been a really good trip but today i gave my talk this morning and i i always it's always hit or miss when when and if and how <laughs> jet lag is gonna hit me when i travel <laughs> and the very first full day that i had here i felt so great but then last night uh, basically i had my talk this morning at 10 a.m. and last night i just I could not fall asleep. Oh no! I was straight up, still on East Coast time. So I was up all night. Got little pockets. You know how you you sleep and get little like five minute windows of sleep. So you're not really sleeping and getting rest. And uh, I woke up with a pretty massive headache just from that. And and then went and gave my talk, uh, which felt like I was giving it at midnight East Coast time. <laughs> <laughs> really rough um but i felt pretty good about it came back immediately back to the hotel and took a six-hour nap so oh my I god feel good now nice my body just has no idea what time or place i'm in um, okay. so anyway it's been a whirlwind sort of beginning of the of the trip but now i actually have like a day and a half to sort of relax before i do my full day workshop Cool. Um, so I'm slowly, I'm leaning into eating more and more foods. I'm trying to be really, really careful about that. <laughs> but uh, I did go out for like a proper street food, street restaurant uh, today for dinner and um, had some Samoas, samosas, samosas. samosas. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And just a whole platter of various breads and dips for it. Mm. And uh, it's been, it's been good. Um, awesome. Bit, bit harrowing. My very first day, because I was so jet lagged, I, I had nothing else to do. I literally walked three and a half miles down to a park and then three and a half miles back. Yep. Just walking around. And uh, just because I feel like that's the best way to get a, a, a sense of where you're at. And it was insane. The traffic here is insane. Yep. I mean, it's like the worst tra- traffic that you've ever seen in a documentary or the movies or whatever. Yep. But like for real, not, inf- not, they did not exaggerate. There's no rules, no rules, zero rules. <laughs> no, I'm, um, I'm so jealous that I could not go out there with you. This is, I, I'm so jealous. I love India. Uh, I went, I went there in you've been, 2000 you've been once, twice. Yeah. I went there in 2007 with, uh, Vineet and we spent a uh, 30 days there just going all, all over the country. 
And it's just, it's just one of the most incredible, amazing, bizarre places that I've ever been in my life. And I can't wait to go back someday. Yeah. So it's, it's, what is, what do you think of the, the smells, the sights, the colors, the sounds, like, what do you think? I mean, it's overwhelming and, and really, really fun. Um, there's not that much to do. So I've really tried to lean into just like talking with everybody and like getting to know the people and stuff. Cause this city isn't really known for much. It's sort of like the IT capital of, of India, supposedly okay. uh, Bangalore. And so it's huge, but there's not much to see like sightseeing wise. There's a couple temples and things like that. I might try and go check out, but, uh, so I've really just tried to talk to everybody and like get to know them and, and try little, little things here and there. But, um, the only like sensory thing that I just couldn't handle was actually walking over a, a river that was just full of trash and smelled oh. horrible. Um, so yeah. other than that, everything's been great. Uh, mosquitoes okay. aren't bad. The, the weather is perfect, but like, oh my gosh, that was the only time I was like, I have to get away from the smell. <laughs> it was pretty overwhelming yeah, near a river. It can be incredibly overwhelming. It was cool though. Like you just walk down like a random alleyway and boom, there's just a cow chilling. Yep. Like in the middle of an urban alley, just like sleeping or sitting there. And I guess they just, you know, cows are sacred. So they take care of them and yep. use them for milk. And that's about it. I, I suppose. I don't yeah. Know. They just let them do whatever they want. Um, I remember I was in, me and Vinny were in Pune, which is a smaller town, like three hours inland from Mumbai. And we went to like the center of town. We're just like right in the center of town. I think we actually got like Domino's or McDonald's or something like weirdly (laughs) random. I've seen a lot of Uh, American, there's a Starbucks like down the road for me. Yeah. That was like Uh, the only, the only American thing that we, or Americanized thing we had there was like one, one thing of McDonald's, although they sold a McCurry, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and it's all vegetarian. So, um, it was kind of interesting to see like no, no beef or anything else on the menu. Um, but anyway, we were in Pune, like eating McCurries, I guess. And there was, and just this gigantic herd of probably 40 or 50 cows, um, just completely like unshepherded, just walked straight through the busiest intersection in Pune, just right yeah. through it. All the cars were just like honking and I don't understand yeah. the drive. I understand like using honking as a language, just like a, Hey, I'm here. It's not rude at all. But what I don't understand is how you're just driving. Okay. First of all, lane lines aren't a thing. They, they literally don't matter at all. What lane you're no, driving. No, no lanes. No. And, no. and you'd be driving in a direction and then suddenly there's just a whole group of motorcycles driving opposite you yep. in your lane on your side of the yep, road, right at you whizzing by <laughs> like it's not even a thing. I'm like, you li- literally, you're about to lose an arm every half second yeah. that you're on a motorcycle here. And it's just like second nature, I guess. Uh, if, if you grew up and are around it all the time, I could, this is one place I think I would literally never attempt to drive no. myself. Um, I remember, um, yeah, basically the big, the biggest intersections, they sort of operate on a, um, on like a, a mass, like a moving of mass sort of, um, uh, that's a good way to put it way yeah, like yeah. where it, a stoplight. So you're at a stoplight, everybody's sort of stopped at the stoplight and car and cars are going one direction and then sort of cars just sort of start inching out into the main, into the other lane. 
um, and or into the intersection until sort of a critical mass of them like fill the intersection and then Builds everybody up, just goes. And then, then it just like, explodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do have traffic lights and stuff in some places that seem to be like respect, you know, respected at the more major intersections. But yeah. it is sort of this weird, you're right. It's like a mass of who has the largest group. That's the one that's going to be going. It's really weird it and funny. Things out. <laughs> There's just so many cars. Um, I'm gonna, they have these cool little, oh no, the, the hotel just lost power. How funny. Oh no! My room, my room power just shut off. So that's the kind of situation I've been dealing with <laughs> this whole time. Strangely, the Wi-Fi is still working, so that's cool. Okay, power's back on now. Okay, but it's <laughs> it's been an adventure. But what's really strange is that you know you're in oh, this place that like Sam? walking down the street you'll you'll hear yeah yeah I'm here. Okay, one more time. You there? Go ahead. Yep, I'm yeah, I'm lost you for a second. It is strange to be in a place where, like, literally the, the power can go off at any second, and there's cows in the streets, and there's just people hustling and bustling everywhere, and like walking down a road, like I'll just hear and see sparks of electricity flying out of telephone poles and stuff, and then like, boom, there's a Starbucks, and like right. you walk in, and it's a legit Starbucks or subway or or any americanized thing you can you can dream of it's still here and it's just such a strange um it's just strange yeah there's no other way to put it it's really weird and uh enjoyable i mean i'm loving it but um, yeah after so my sort of experience with that is that when we when we were when we were there about i think it was about 15 or or 20 days in that's when it finally the culture shock finally broke me um we went from we went from our you know our apartment where we were staying with Vanit's family um his like aunt and uncle and we took our you know we had like a driver and so the driver took us to to see a movie i think we were seeing i am legend and we nice. yeah Excellent we're so movie. we're dri- so we're driving at night through <clears throat> through mumbai and we're just seeing you know, we're going from our sort of decent, nice high-rise hotel uh, sort of kind of apartment thing to, uh, you know, through the streets of Mumbai. And on the streets are just, like, people, like, begging, like, in various states of, like, survival. And we're passing, you know, a slum and then, like, a hotel and then, like, a slum and then a hotel. And then finally we show up at this movie theater and it's, like, amazing. It's, like, you, it's a beautiful multi-story theater with like 15 screens and you and all the chairs are like are like lazy boys and there's an intermission and there's waiters that bring food to you during the movie and it's very strange (laughs) um and then and like halfway through intermission i just literally broke down in tears and i was like i cannot handle this anymore like i was like just seeing the juxtaposition between the rich and the people that have something or a lot and the people that have absolutely nothing just totally freaked me out and and ended up that was sort of my culture shock moment and yeah uh, yeah i I haven't anything like that except i did i did tear up significantly uh as i was on my really long walk there's a lot of stray dogs around and they yeah. look like they're actually taken care of here and there, but I don't, you know, it doesn't seem clear if they have any owner. And I like caught the eye of one dog who's really sweet, mm-hmm. like just the sweetest dog. 
And uh, he followed me for like a mile and a half. Wow. Of just walking. And every time I'd look behind me, he'd like kind of put his head down a shy way like he wasn't following me. And he wasn't begging <laughs> for food. He was keeping his distance. And I was just like, man, I have this little, this little friend who's been following me for like 20 minutes. Just, just being really, you know, not in nothing, just really sweet about it. And, uh, wow. and I just felt so bad that like, you know, he's just hanging out and I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's probably just projecting, uh, how I expect dogs to be taken care of in the U S versus the reality of what a dog needs in life is, he's probably just fine here in India, but uh, yeah. it's just very heartbreaking. And, you know, there's just a lot of stray dogs everywhere. Yeah. So many, but, um, but still, uh, it was that I haven't had any, any real, everyone's been so incredibly nice here. They just go out of your, their way to make you feel comfortable. I think, yeah. uh, the, the people working here and all that. And anyway, uh, so it's been a good trip and I've been excited cause I was able to get the Z seven, yeah. uh, in my hands and br- brought it with me this whole time. I've been kind of tinkering with it. Tell me um, a little bit about what you think about it. I gotta say, I'm definitely going to need a wedding or two to, to come to a final, opinion but right now it's sort of letting me down really i sadly like they just made some really strange decisions about the focus modes that i'm not used to and the buttons aren't as customizable as i was hoping and that seem like they should be like you know there's like a there's a little joystick button mm-hmm. you know that gives you all directions and a press button and then there's like uh, like a, a wheel. It doesn't spin, but it's like another sort of joystick wheel okay. underneath that. And that's the case with most Nikon cameras. There's like a raised joystick knob and then there's like a little wheel underneath it yeah. that operates very similarly. And you can't customize either of them to do more than like basically the same things. Huh. So I just feel like you're losing so much um, so much potential and just operating stuff with shortcuts in a much faster way. And then there's like weird things like one of the dedicated buttons, there's a hardware button that's an eye. And when you tap it, it brings up a quick menu of stuff to like turn on silent mode or turn on flash or turn off flash or just like all these really nice, um, customizable quick actions. Uh-huh. And that's really cool. But on the live view display, there's also at all times that you can never turn off this floating little eye icon. Huh. that you can touch to bring up the exact same menu. It's like, why do I need the icon literally, literally right next to the hardware button? That's so just strange. give me the option of turning the icon off. It does the exact same thing, and there's no way to disable it. So it's just always sort of floating in your vision. <laughs> just, there's just weird Like in the decisions. EVF? In, so when you put your eye in the EVF, it doesn't show up. Okay. When you're in the live view mode, it shows up, and okay. there's no, no way to remove it. That's So when awful. you're in the EVF, everything kind of shows in the upper and bottom black bars but when Uh you're actually shooting in live view everything's overlaid on top of your preview which is just super annoying and you can remove a lot of the info so it's not totally cluttered with text and graphics but you can't remove it all which you used to be able to on um other nikon things so yeah the other thing that i'm gonna say completely breaks my heart and i 100 percent cannot find a way to solve this issue is the the much-awaited overlay multiple image uh, exposure using Live View? Yeah. So you can take one frame and yep. see it at fifty percent opacity overlay as you compose it. the yep. other. That works. That's great. Kay. But it, once you take the second image, the end result file is JPEG only. You're kidding me. There is no way to get a raw file from it. 
that doesn't make any sense at all. What, what about? No, it doesn't. Is there? It saves the individual files as raw files, so you can go back and like manually layer them if you need to in image overlay. But the resulting processed end result of doing it in live view is a JPEG file. And what's really unfortunate about that is you get four different blending modes using the overlay with live view feature. And those blending modes aren't available if you use image overlay later on. So oh, so it's just what? stupid. It's just it just makes no <laughs> sense at all. And it reinforces my belief that they don't have enough actual photographers working for these freaking companies. It just makes no sense. It there's doesn't, no money, doesn't make any no sense at all. Yeah. So I, I wonder, though, that seems like that could be solved with a software for, or firmware update. And so much of what Nikon has done in other camera bodies, we've said similar things about, but they've never made, they, I think, any meaningful uh, firmware update no. changes. It's they, always like slight tweaks do. and bug fixes. They never do feature expansion. It's always slight tweaks and bug fixes. So yep. I don't know what's up with that. But they did manage to add 25 different style modes. Like they literally have 20, <laughs> 25 different post-processing effects that you can apply can I, you know, to your JPEGs. And stuff. I was like, well, who uses these? I was going to say, can, I, can we have a show of hands as to the people who are, have ever used any of those? <laughs> Like one of them, other than just shooting, I don't know. Again, this is where I'm, I'm, you know, saying I don't think they have, you know, professional photographers giving their opinion enough. Like, just reach out on social media, pull like the top ten most uh, active yeah. photographers who do good work that you admire, and just be like, hey, we're Nikon official. Here's a questionnaire of ten things. Can you take five minutes to answer them? Like, <laughs> uh, and yeah. if they do that already, I don't know who they're talking to because nobody would make these decisions. So. Okay, and so let's let's move over to um, let's move over to autofocus. How fast is it? Okay, so autofocus. I think it's a little tricky with an EVF and, and basically everything being in live view. I think it becomes a lot more obvious, and you pick up on where it's struggling. Uh, just you're more, you can see it a lot more easily than with an SLR. So I actually believe that uh, I, I've shot with both the native mounted 35 millimeter, the new one uh -huh. specifically for the Z, and all my lenses through the FZ mount. And I think honestly, the autofocus is about the same between both, and I think it's about the same speed as the D850 or D5, but it does seem to track and hunt a little bit more in like really backlit situations. Okay. Um, and again, I don't know if that's just because it's much more obvious in live view when it struggles versus with an SLR or if it's just the same. Um, I, I just can't tell. So I just need more shoots and more weddings. And, okay. um, you know, again, the low light also seems to hunt a lot unless you, you're focusing on a really contrasty subject. Um, uh, then it does really, really well. But if it's you know a really dark object where there's not a lot of contrast, it definitely struggles. The one thing I'll say, the focus peaking is great. Um, that and, and it's also enabled instantly if you want. Like you don't have to do anything annoying to oh, get great. focus peaking or, or zooming. Zooming is really, really good and fast. Um, so that's really nice. Uh, but I will say, the only other thing that is totally subjective, of course, but it is still too small of a camera body. I think it's. Everything's too close together. Um, I, Interesting. Again, I'm just hoping this is 
This is just my initial impression, hoping my opinion changes as my muscle memory forms and you know you, you use it more and you just have to work through growing pains a lot of times to get to the other side. So I'm not giving up hope yet, but right now it just is consistently annoying me and, and like I feel cramped like and unnatural in how I have to move my thumb to, to make certain adjustments. So hopefully that'll change over time. Yeah, like I, with- I kind of just, I don't know, maybe I'm just like super practical or something but i just feel like there's no reason um why you can't make a an extremely comfortable and you know bigger camera even with a mirrorless mount i mean just make the chassis just bigger who cares like i, I don't know i don't i don't just make it the exact same size as well, dslr i mean yeah yeah and and i think well but they do need to lean into the benefit of the mirrorless format being lighter in, sure. in some way, but you could, and they yeah, are you bigger can make than it just the Sony as light, price. you know, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Also really disappointed. I think this was their opportunity to kind of overhaul the, um, the wireless connectivity, sending files back and forth. That and that's just as was going to be uh, my other question. Is it, is it's just as cumbersome as it's always been? Always. Yep. Um, I will say it does make the ad hoc Wi-Fi network a little bit easier, more reliable, but the fastest connection is over Bluetooth and you can only send JPEGs back and forth to oh your phone. God. Bluetooth. You have to, you have to, if you say, if you want to sync raw files, you have to shoot in raw plus JPEG and you have to then reinitiate a Wi-Fi connection for it to work. I so just, uh, it's yeah. just as cumbersome. <laughs> the, I will say a wire, one of wire? the great, Again, uh, I, aspects of it is USB-C. I really, really love the USB-C cool. connection for charging in-camera body and then connecting directly to your computer over USB-C is great for That's great. files. Uh, no adapters. If you have a USB-C port, which most Apple users do now, that's really nice and clean. Um, but I'm just disappointed the Wi-Fi isn't better. So, yeah. Or the, the wireless anything isn't better. Yeah, yeah. Battery life has been impressive. I actually haven't even blinked at the battery. Uh, I've been shooting a lot with it. And Great. It hasn't, hasn't needed a charge yet. I I so kind of I kind of expected that. I mean, Nikon's battery life has always been just top notch. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And I never really have to think about batteries. And um, it's great that it's the same same batteries as the D850. It's not a totally different, you know, model of battery. Right. Yeah. It's cool. That's really that's really convenient. Um, oh, um, as for the files and the sensor and all that, I I really think this may be the same sensor as the D850. Uh, dynamic range is is excellent, just absolutely amazing. Um, the colors I still don't have an opinion on yet, but the dynamic range is excellent. The high ISO is mind blowingly clean. I mean, I think you virtually don't even have to think about ISO anymore. Cool, it's getting that good. That's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so no complaints on that front at all. They didn't do something stupid with the sensor. Silent mode is amazing, but you are limited to um, one two thousandth of a second as okay. your fastest shutter capture if you're in silent mode. But that's cool. I, I mean, I do. I, th- I think it is shaping up to be like a really great second camera body option. Okay. Or or maybe third. Um, but we'll see. And I, I haven't done any flash work with it yet. I'm really curious how it handles flash with the yeah. EVF. Because uh, Sony is really weird about that, um, and eh, time will tell. But cool, maybe they'll refine it and make some changes with the Z6 when it comes out. But I'm not holding my breath. I have a feeling it will be virtually the exact same thing, but smaller sensor, and and that's it. But 
strong, strong opening, but I, I don't know. I'm really going to give the Canon one a, uh, what is it? The R is that yeah, what Canon R. announced? Mm-hmm. There are, I'm going to give that a, a serious look as well. And I'm sure they'll have made many silly decisions along, <laughs> along the way that make no sense from, from different angles. But, um, you know, I will tell. And then I'm really curious about, is it a Zeiss camera? Do you remember? Yeah, the, it's a Zeiss. Sort of- so I've been looking into it a little bit more. Yeah, this Zeiss camera is just, it's, it's, this is exactly how camera companies should be thinking. What can we do to completely rethink the camera? And yeah. Zeiss is doing it. Yeah. Known for their lenses, but this time they're making an, uh, an awesome looking camera. So it's, yeah, so it's got a 512 gigabyte SSD built in. I don't even know if it has um, a slot for cards. I, I want to say it may not, uh, which I think would be That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Yeah. I love that. Oh, man. Uh, getting so excited. You connect, you connect by USB, I'm guessing C. Um, you can connect right to your computer, offload images, charge everything. And the coolest part is that, yeah, it's, and we mentioned this before, but it's got Lightroom built into the back of the camera. I think basically it's, um, <laughs> what I've heard is it's basically like an Android tablet, like a small 4.5 inch, uh, it makes perfect Android sense tablet that. right into the back of the phone, uh, into the back of the camera. So it's like, dude, think about it. What, why is the iPhone the best camera in the world? It's because it's always with you. It's got everything that you need to take a photo instantly and you can share it everything right there from the camera i mean how cool would it be to and i've thought about this i've actually thought about this on shoots where i'm just bored um like shooting like a press conference or something and i'm looking at the back of my camera and i just pull out my phone because i'm bored and i'm just like surfing the web and i was thinking how cool would it be to just if my camera just had an iphone as the back of it basically um, yeah. And, and wouldn't that perfect. be easier for camera companies? Like they don't have to spend so much R and D in programming this stuff. Right. They, uh, they, they just make an app. They just make an app. They, they, they make it really, really strong. I mean, the, the issue would be making really, really strong integration, uh, into the app. But I mean, as soon as you do that, you've got, uh, you buy like a, a prescription, a subscription plan and you're able to basically use it like an iPhone. Just send everything yeah. right there. Connect it to any computer wirelessly, like seamlessly. I, I, I don't know. The possibilities of the size camera are totally awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. And then also Panasonic announced a full frame camera in partnership with Sigma, I believe. Yeah. Um, full frame. Full DSLR. frame. Yep. A new Lumix full frame camera. Um, or wait, no, I'm thinking Pentax. Um, no, this is this is Panasonic. Oh, interesting. It's, it's the well, no, it's called the Lumix, Lumix. S1. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. They're yeah. full frame mirrorless cameras. Uh, first full frame mirrorless cameras coming out in 2019, and uh, th- you know they're launching an entire lens series, I believe, in partnership with Sigma. Let me double check that. Yep, Leica and Sigma. Um, it's an L mount. An L mount alliance with Leica and Sigma. Uh, so the Lumix S nice. is going to adopt Leica's L mount. Um, so they'll be backwards compatible with those lenses. And then somewhere in there, Sigma will contribute 
essentially they're going to have 10 lenses launched in the first year. That's awesome. Camera release. So, so the other That's thing uh, I've, I forgot to mention though, the only bummer about the, um, the Zeiss camera is that it is a 35 millimeter lens. You cannot change out. Oh yeah, and then that's, interchangeable lenses. That's the only yeah. bummer. So I think I think though it's it's a great idea to to start out with, and I think as soon as if it takes off, which I really hope it will, then maybe Zeiss can can talk about you know. Can honestly start though, changing it. Can up. you imagine? Like I honestly think if you're able to shoot with a preview of your preset, your baseline starting point preset that yeah. you use for most images, and you see that in real time in the EVF and on the back of the screen, yeah. like your editing time is almost real time. I mean, you can make all those critical decisions that really matter for editing while you're actually shooting versus now it's just sort of estimating ballpark guesswork that you have to go back and dial in for every photo later. Dude, you could, you could come home right there. You could offload it to your computer directly online. Like you could call in camera, edit in camera, uh, plug in, upload you you could have the clients delivered on their photos right at the end of the shoot from just done with your distinct look and processing and yep yeah that's just incredibly exciting and game-changing uh i just don't know about zeiss and their lenses because yeah i mean all over the map and they seem to really like manual lenses for video and uh it's like you know that only goes so far in what we do but yeah um, another, uh, interesting camera to take a look at is the Leica S3. Have you heard about this? <clears throat> is it just their revamped medium format? Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. D it's a DSLR medium format camera and it's So they've had that. Really they've cool. had that in the S1 and the S2. Um, I think this is a noticeably better sensor and, and 63 megapixels as well. It's yep. pretty, pretty huge. But I was never impressed with the S1 and S2 handling. Uh, it was just really awkward. Yeah, but, this one yeah. looks way, way, way nicer. Um, it just looks so cool. I, I think it's going to be cool, but it's, it. it's also going to be at least 20 grand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, freaking uh, Fuji released a revamped version of their medium format camera. Yep. Everybody's just coming out swinging right now. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> I love it. This is exactly what, what I, I want to see out of camera companies. I want to see them like pushing the limits and yep. uh, trying new things. Exciting yeah. time. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm excited about the Leica, I mean, sorry, the Nikon Z7 still. Um, just kind of, as with anybody, I think every everyone's waiting for the one mirror. Everyone knows mirrorless is the direction it'll eventually go. Yeah, of course. DSLRs will fade away. And everyone's waiting for the one camera that truly does meet every every need of a professional replacing and exceeding every uh aspect of a dslr um and i just don't think the z7 is there yet sadly i'm not saying you shouldn't rush to buy it i also don't think the sony's or the fuji's or anything else there is is really there yet that's why i was so excited about the nikon but right it's just it's just time hopefully is what it'll take and uh yeah um, evolution and 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 where it feels and sits and fits in my mind is really like medium like this is not meant to at all come close to replacing the d5 no or any of their actual professional you know you need this camera to just work no questions asked it's not meant to be and i think i think that that's uh, that's acceptable in my opinion for 
a, a first foray into the mirrorless realm. Yeah, I think they had to make compromises. The, yeah, the non the no compromised camera is probably a couple of years away. I think once they start releasing 1.4 prime lenses, is when they'll maybe exactly exactly that compromised body. That's you know? when it's going to start to matter. Yeah, to, that you have to have the the performance and the features as well as the you know the cool lenses. Um, so right now, just kind of getting their feet wet. I definitely understand um, some you know that it's not going to be perfect. However, I am a little bit disappointed by some of those, which seem like entirely software side, um, you know, <laughs> decisions. <laughs> well, you know, some stuff you don't know, like it, it has a processor in it. And sometimes they are already pushing the absolute limits of what they can do that's on true. that processor to do, to get stuff done. And, and I, I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure they could make it do things uh all the all the stuff that i I outlined just now i think they could do without needing any any bit of a better processor but yeah i don't know i mean maybe yeah live view with the overlay preview um for multiple exposure maybe it's just just a bit too much for it to be able to do that and save a raw file it's possible that seems silly but maybe that's that's why it's a jpeg i don't know Tell me before we before we wrap up here what a little bit about like the conference itself that you're that you're attending it uh, and and um, speaking. Oh yeah, of. it's called Silk Inspire. Uh, I think it's the third year in existence. Uh, it's you know exclusively based in India. They had one in Goa. I think the last two years this is the I first time Goa. they've been here in Bangalore. And uh, they committed uh, after last year. Their first two years, their their lineup was overwhelmingly overwhelmingly men, and they sort of the, the founder committed uh, to from this year forward, starting with this group, always having fifty fifty uh, men and women awesome. speaking. So there's there's half men, half women this year. There's only three wedding photographers. I'm one of the three. Oh even wow! It's um, a wedding photographer conference. Uh, Joe McNally is here. Oh, cool. Uh, he's, he's really great. And, um, you know, a lot of like photojournalistic photographers are here. Um, so they are really trying to emphasize, they had a, a panel discussion last night with a, a professor who's a woman and it was a panel ma- mostly made up of women and just to discuss, um, specifically in the Indian market, uh, women's place and, you know, how it needs to be equal and, emphasized and talked about in in the wedding photography market here and so anyway it, it's been really nice to see that emphasized in this um in this conference a lot of people i think a lot of conferences do their best to sort of like have close to an equal mix but it's never really talked about as a as a discussion uh, across a panelist in like a public way right so they're they're really bringing it out and pointing it out not just in the panel discussion last night but in like a lot of people's talks. I didn't talk about it at all because it has, there's no, like all I talk about is like creativity and right. creative techniques. And uh, there's just no room for me to like also talk about uh, sexism <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, maybe there is, I just wasn't able to come up with one. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's been a really fascinating conference so far and uh, just, yeah, the nicest people here as well. All the attendees, I mean, are just so great. I don't know if we'll get another chance to podcast uh, while I'm out here. Hopefully, this seems to have actually worked now. Yeah, it's excitingly. I'll, I'll try and get this uploaded before my 27-hour flight home. Oh, <laughs> gosh. It's uh, only one connection in Paris, but I have like a seven-hour layover. Oh, okay. Which was only like a one-hour layover on the way over. The jet so lag be- there, I think, was worse for me 
uh, then, then coming back, I just kind of like passed out when I got back. But when I got there, I remember, yeah, I just just remember staying up for like basically, I don't know, 48 or 72 hours, pretty much straight. (laughs) Yeah. I slept a little bit during the day and then in the middle of the night, like 1am, I like woke up, I was like, all right, well, guess I'll watch like four movies, um, like edit some photos and yeah, so it was but yeah, I think coming back should be all right. Yep, yep. I have been impressed with the speed of the internet. So if anybody's thinking about traveling to India, like you do have access. Yeah. Um, the power is a little hit or miss. I've found the power charging is, is not great, but the internet is consistently good on Wi-Fi in most places. And then like cell phone only, it's a bit slow, but um, uh, reliable to stay connected. So I'm trying to actually get work done, which is, um, as soon as we're done recording this, I'm going to jump into emails and do some editing, uh, which is rarely something I have time for nice. these conference trips. So it's normally I write off entire weeks whenever it's a conference, you're just too busy networking and talking and hanging out and you're on such a different schedule than everybody else on the East coast. Uh, it's generally like you always leave for these trips thinking I'm going to do so much work and get so much done in my free time. Um, and, and that never seems to end up happening. Yeah. But this is the rare conference where, uh, it's going to work out. I'm going to jump in and do some work right now. Cool. Oh. Anyway, uh, I think that's, that's a good wrap. Yeah. Are you enjoying Baltimore? So yeah, we were, <laughs> you were moved in. We, we moved in. I'm, I'm actually here talking in my living room in the new house. Uh, it's, it's awesome. We're in kind of in between sort of like a nice part of town and a not so nice part of town. So it's kind of like a really funny spot to be. Um, but it's really, it's an awesome street that we're on. Our house is really cool. It's like got a a basement, which I really like, and that's where my office is going to be. Um, and I don't know, I'm just really excited to kind of get to know the city. It's a big, big city coming from, from Richmond, especially because, Yesterday we went down to Richmond and hung out for a little while and got some got some stuff done. Hung out uh, and at, at our old house and uh, kind of fixed up a couple of things for the renters that are living there now. It, coming back here is just like so immediately apparent the difference in size between Richmond and Baltimore. It's just a massive city compared to what essentially yeah, amounts it, to it a, takes, kind of like a small town. Yeah, it takes years to learn new places. Well, for me now, especially because I rely on Google Maps for virtually everything. Yeah. It literally takes me years to like get my bearings on neighborhoods and where where it's good to be, where's like the shortcuts where you can kind of pass through and explore safely and like discover new restaurants. All that takes so much time now. Yeah. uh, Because I usually just watch the maps and and don't think about it. Yeah. But um, glad, glad you're there. Glad you're set up. Yeah, and, uh, I'm I'm really excited, but um as soon as we moved in though, like we we you know we've all got everything put into our house. We've moved a few things around and I have to leave tomorrow for my sister's wedding for 3 days, so uh in Arizona. Yeah. So I'm like we're just like traveling like crazy and now I'm I'm just really excited to get back from the wedding and actually start doing work for what seems like the first yeah. time in like 2 months. <laughs> nice so, awesome yeah. alright well that, that's a pretty good stopping point uh, talk to you soon alright later on man peace